I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome. It's Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me. We're back for WrestleMania Seven, baby. Yeah, that that was very. That was actually quite sort of like you were working for the WWF. <laughs> I know, in right? Nineteen ninety-one. That baby <laughs> was good. <laughs> hey, baby, we're back. We're, we're back. back, and we're ready. We're going to get back in that ring. I can't believe what's happening. <laughs> Just keep on going. <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, this is uh, one of the WrestleManias I was looking forward to the least. Yeah, but uh, you said that you pre warned me, mm. but. Uh, you know what? I relish. I, maybe I'm just loving wrestling more than I used to. I'm like going, it's just good. This I quite enjoyed yeah. it. It was. Uh, it was actually had quite a lot of pace. This one. Yeah. And I'd forgotten that. I it's mean, less than. It's less than four hours. About three and a half hours. But it gotcha. seems pacey. I don't know why. Yeah. I remember this. This as, as a WrestleMania. This was my. I think it was only like my my second WrestleMania. Yes. But yes. by this time. Coliseum Video and Silver Vision in this country had released all the WrestleManias on videotape. Right. So you could see all those. And historically, it was so exciting to see, you know, when you're really interested in getting to see back into the past of it. Yeah. All these matches you've only ever heard of. Yes. Um, But I remember WrestleMania 7 coming around. So I'd seen all six by that point. Yeah. And there wasn't a match on here I was particularly interested in. It was really disappointing. And I think I've I've carried that with me all the way through. (laughs) Oh, no, that baggage. Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it comes live from the Los Angeles Sports Arena. Yeah, in um, 1991. Mark, I can't but notice that there was a slightly different and let's face it, larger venue promised. Yeah, last there year was. at WrestleMania yeah. Six. I mean, promised about three times during that broadcast <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's right. They 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 advertised during WrestleMania Six the fact it's going to come from the Los Angeles Olympic Stadium. <laughs> uh, they move to the next door one, uh, and it's because of slow ticket sales. Right. What they're running at this time in the main event is a very big. Uh, uh, angle where Sergeant Slaughter, the perennial American hero, yes. has become a turncoat He's and turned. is now supporting the Iraq regime. There is so much. Now, I thought that WrestleMania Six was um, distasteful in yep. that we had Rowdy Roddy Piper mm. um, dressed half white, half black, fighting a man whose signature celebration was a black power salute. Yeah. A black man. Uh, this one somehow manages to be more distasteful yeah. at a time at real civil and militaristic <laughs> unrest. Yes, well, they've been running this Sergeant Slaughter gimmick for quite a while, and it mm. hadn't started out that he hated America and had sided with Iraq. Yes. He was supposed to say that America had become weak and they were allowing people like Nikolai Volkov in. And so he said, what had happened to my old America? Yes. Well, as soon as Desert War started up, the mm. Gulf War... 
they began Desert Storm, right? As soon as the Gulf War and Desert Storm started yeah. up, they began going, oh, this is quite a good thing to jump on. Mm. And they stick in with a guy called General Adnan al Qasi, who was... <laughs> Quite brilliantly, Saddam Hussein's <laughs> classmate at school, <laughs> at high school. There's so much in wrestling <laughs> where people lie and they they claim stuff. So, yeah. like the Iron Sheik, who comes back uh, very very soon after this WrestleMania, right. as Colonel Mustafa, who's a sort of uh, right hand man. Yeah. He always said he represented Iran in the 1980 Olympics, mm. and he was the bodyguard to the Shah of Iran. Yeah. And this was all a little bit dubious and I think largely discredited. Mm. Sheikh Adnan Al-Kassi, there's a photograph of him with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Saddam Hussein looks so youthful. <laughs> he does. And Adnan Kassi looks actually quite old. <laughs> yeah. So it's a weird thing where he's too old to sort of just go, oh, they were literally at school together. They look like they're doing business together. <laughs> and so they stick him. He's been living in, in, in America as a wrestler since mm. the 60s. Yeah. And they stick him with, with Sergeant Slaughter. Now, what they hadn't really thought would happen is that the war would become active. Well, I mean, the Gulf War was the first live TV war. And like, we everyone were getting, was seeing it. We were getting 24-hour news about yep. the Gulf War and, um, and footage as well. And by the time WrestleMania rolls around, mm. there are American servicemen on the news being brought back in coffins yep. with Old Glory wrapped over the top of them. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was a terrible piece of... They, they, they sailed too close to the wind with this one. Yep. There was a chance that this would happen, and you know what it did. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter is stuck at the top of this uh, WrestleMania as an Iraqi sympathiser. Yeah. And they've always said, we changed venue from the 100,000-seater to the 16,000-seater because of security concerns. Yes. That we were worried there was going to be a bomb and we were very, very worried that, that Sergeant Slaughter was going to be shot by a sniper right. in the audience. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter himself that would had... be such an ironic death. <laughs> His name is Slaughter. Would, would, would the crowd have cheered? I don't know. It's really hard know. to work out. But um, Slaughter, uh, he, he, did, he did get some threats. Right. Proper, real threats from yeah. people. His family, I think, were threatened as well. Yeah. And so they've always had this, this party line that mm. that was the reason they scaled it down. Mm. Worth saying that by the time they decided to scale it down, they had sold just 16,000 <laughs> tickets <laughs> out of 100,000. Yeah. Uh, that was less than a fifth... And so they, they took it to this smaller stadium, which was, which was next door. <laughs> mm. um, in the end, they ended up selling just over 16,000 tickets. Right. So it, it really, really did not... It, it was a, a disaster. In the official WrestleMania book, they say this, it was such a relief that we didn't sell more tickets than that because we'd have had to say to people, you can't come. Yeah, because of security cans. If they'd right. have sold 100,000 tickets, it would have taken place in the Los Angeles Olympic Stadium <laughs> and Sergeant Slaughter would have been shot. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't think for a moment. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, we were worried about him. No, you weren't. <laughs> it would go, It would still be in the pay-per-view, I repeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the murder of a man would still be in the repeat. Um, Let's make that very clear. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's uh, against all that. I mean, it's it's a really sort of like you know poisonous uh, main event. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts that, that no one wanted to see. No. Well, it starts with uh, kind of like, do I respect the troops or do I respect Hulk Hogan? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. And Sergeant Slaughter starts the whole shebang. 
by going, err. Like his <laughs> big, me. stupid face going, err, and doing a bit of a gun. That, it's like Tim and Eric. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. He does a long pause before it as well. <laughs> Do you remember that bit where Alan Partridge gets hypnotised? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Err. err. Every time he hears like a certain <laughs> word, err. Every time someone, every time a sniper tries to shoot Sergeant Slaughter's head off, he goes, err. It's but so anemic. That grrr is so bad. Also, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the he's a weird-looking man. He's not an. He's, he's like just a. St- he looks like Russ Abbott or Big Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> big, big old Bruce. Yeah, big like Bruce military Forsyth. Bruce Forsyth. He, he, he is. He's fascinating as well because yeah. he basically, by the time he contacted WWE, he said, "Look, can I come back?" And he was. They'd had a long falling out over merchandising, right. and he he'd left when he'd left in in like eighty three. Right, he was. So big. Mm. He was second only to Hulk Hogan. Yes. And he left and he went to smaller places like the AWA and he was still a big draw. Mm. But when he, he contacted the WWE just after WrestleMania 6, yeah. he said, he said I, I'm interested in coming back. Yeah. What he didn't expect is that they would bring him back as the biggest, hottest rule breaker of all time in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. No one was more shocked than him. <laughs> so when you look at him doing that... Or his that, family. <laughs> when you look at him doing that bit where he's going... Grr, I just think to myself, it, it, there's a part of him that's going... This is never going to be seen. But this isn't happening. This is just a dream. <laughs> and this isn't happening. Because this couldn't happen. No, be careful what you wish for, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that amazing chin he's got. Oh. It's just... It's Beano-esque. It's oh, like Cuthbert Kringleworthy. It's astonishing, Bastard isn't it? kids, nonsense. I saw, I read an interview with him, and he was doing an interview with, like, The New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, it was about his brief foray into pop music. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, do we even have time for that? I think let's keep that for the main event. <laughs> and uh, he apologised to the guy who was interviewing him. He said, he said I, before we start, I will spit on you. It's because of the chin. <laughs> what he says what it's because of my chin because of the chin it, what it's like he a, doesn't explain why it's like the Thames barrier it just <laughs> kind of swishes water it's around it all back <laughs> if he trips forward it's just like a bucket being emptied just amazing Jimmy Carragher oh but all I've oh, since I've watched that I've just thought oh I'd pay money to feed is it bony is it soft is it like um, the elephant man honeycombs oh, honeycombs honeycombed bits of it you can put your thumb in other bits too Some hard bits are soft yeah. it's like coral or that stuff that you stick dried flowers into oh yes it's soft but malleable like God. malleable but solid and um, sturdy whether, whether you could like put like your hands on, on both his cheeks and then your thumbs on his chin and just put <laughs> Push that thing back. <laughs> That's why he's making that grr sound. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. Uh, Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Willie Nelson's wearing all the merch. He's wearing Brett the Hitman Hart sunglasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he might be wearing a stupid form belt. Yes, he is, yeah. One of the kids' WWF ones. It's like... He likes a biff there, does uh, Willie Nelson. It yes. looks like he kind of woke up and they dressed him. He <laughs> fell asleep backstage and they just put a lot of shit on him. And he'd now be... he's singing the he's singing America the Beautiful. He's sort of got that thing of he's watching Big or something and he's a bit baked and then he's sort of wearing clothes and he thinks he's a, a toy. I, I, he, he does... Uh, do you know what? When he, do I fight Sergeant Slaughter? <laughs> What's his chin made of? The, the amazing thing about this is how bad he looks. 
and how well he sings "America yes. the Beautiful." Well, he's got a be- he's got a stunning voice. He really does, doesn't it? If you're Willie Nelson, you can dress how you like. Is you Willie Nelson? Because you know Nelson. what you're going to do. You're going to go. All these people they look at me and they just go, "This oh, Wurzel Gummidge looks, you know, ridiculous." <laughs> Wurzel Gummidge stinks of bifter. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly it's you the just whitest go, of American I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. But you're going to shut up in a couple of seconds because I'm about to <laughs> open my golden throat. <laughs> Here we go. Oh man, uh, he was really, really good. Yeah, sure. I, I remember uh, at the time when I first watched. This I, this for me also summed up WrestleMania. It was just like, oh, there's some kind of a root, a root man. Just <laughs> he looks like the root of a tree, and he's wearing toys, and he's going, oh, I'm going to sing, sing the national anthem. Uh, uh, he he belongs in the montage that is behind him while he's singing. He? Well, you can tell America's at war as well. Loads Can't more you? planes, loads more kind of like army stuff. They show the opening thing of of America the Beautiful. They show the. Um, uh, National War Memorial yes, at Arlington yeah, yeah, yeah. Cemetery just the names of the soldiers yeah I mean it's the re- sort of respect that they could have shot at the end yeah. of the match <laughs> isn't it end of the match of Sergeant Slaughter I mean that uh, really is a thing isn't it I, I think at this time as well yeah. they were doing quite a lot with uh, the United States Armed Forces oh is that right so quite a lot of the pay-per-views they would often say and this is being watched by our brave boys in Iraq yes so there's every chance that people are watching this I think it is it will go down as a, 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 one of the most distasteful things. Mm. It did run away from them, as said, but it is. You, you look at that and they're showing dead soldiers' names on this and yet you've got this main event where someone's pretending they're an Iraqi soldier who wants to... Uh, uh, we'll get on to it later, but it seems very much uh, in, in the same way that... Um, I keep on going about the Rowdy Rowdy Piper's black, half-white, kind of yin-yang nonsense yeah. he did. Um, they kind of pulled back from it at the last minute and I think... I mean, I, I'm thinking that, but then when I had that thought an Iraqi flag appears and yeah. I'm like yeah yeah, maybe not actually maybe yeah. they did go all out of it there was, uh, Slaughter himself was the one who put the brakes on quite a lot of it he right. said he didn't they said will you burn an American flag and he said absolutely no fucking way no yeah and yeah. I think in the end he burnt a Hulkamania t-shirt that's right yes and yes, that yes. that literally goes Sh- just as shocking it goes as badly as it could go <laughs> I mean the reaction is just imagine if he'd done that They'd have rushed him and hanged him. Where's your <laughs> WrestleMania main event now? Oh no, but he's like you know he's a he's he's literally the military and like if, yeah. you've painted him as like a turncoat. I mean, yeah. I will get onto it, but uh, yeah, uh, the, the, this is the thing that hangs over this WrestleMania though. Incredible, the, 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 like, the, the uh, war watching it and the main event. Oh, the other thing, of course, that mm. hangs over it is. It takes place about three weeks after the Rodney King beating. So, um, I, I mean, again, we'll come on. I can't remember who... Mr. Heenan. Perfect. No, well, Heenan yeah. comes on and he says, well, here in California, we have uh, we do law and order right. Right. And this was... It wasn't even two weeks. I think it was like seven days. And Mr. Perfect... After Rodney King was had the shit beaten out And Mr. Perfect is fighting the big boss man. Right. Who is a, a, a correctional officer yeah. stroke policeman gimmick. Yeah. And who, he's... who didn't always have a Confederate flag on his arm, I'm Ooh, fairly certain. I think he might have done. Do you reckon? Yeah. I just saw it and thought, did he always have a Confederate flag on oh, his arm? You know I know what? it was less... I know it was on the, the General Lee and stuff. It and, will be uh, you know. terrible if we go back and you see in WrestleMania's five and six, he doesn't have it. Yeah. And then three days after Rodney King, he does. He does. Yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure he did have it because. Would I you think, put it past him? <laughs> I think if you buy your Hasbro little toy box, it's man, in there. I think he's wearing a Confederate flag on oh, that. Okay, so that's uh, unwholesome. Um, <laughs> Mr. Perfect during that match, he says, "Boss man, I'm not going to lie down and let you hit me 96 times." Holy moly, I missed that one. Yeah, this is a wow. weird thing about it where we go, oh, it's really distasteful. The um, I mean, it uh, was before the LA riots. I don't, th- again... It's a year before the LA riots. I yeah, don't think they realised. No, after the Rodney the, King beating, the, the policemen go through the trial yeah. that they're all cleared in. And that's the, 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 the spark that yeah. sets off the LA riots. But 
at the same time... WrestleMania, a Korean uh, business owner <laughs> enters the thing, <laughs> shooting everyone. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, 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 but the funny thing is, I shouldn't imagine on Saturday Night Live... They weren't doing jokes where you go, uh, you know, here and then and the the punchline is Rodney King was beaten really badly. Yeah, no, there are about three in this. There's no context at this point either. You've just seen a black guy on video get the shit beaten out of him by three or four officers. Yeah, absolutely. And the weird, uh, the, the, not the weird thing, the thing that's really disgusting about it is the lack of context for it. As if we all know. And we're all on the same side, eh, lads? Yeah. And they're doing this in LA where it's happened. Yeah. Crazy. Amazing. Absolutely astonishing. Again, bits like that. They do start some of the WrestleManias where it says, this is an archive program, and mm. some of the things that are said here and some of the characters that are portrayed, they're fictitious, but they do not reflect the corporate views of WWE today. No. There is something odd about the fact you just go, do you know what? Oh, if you can cut out Rockin' Robin buggering up the <laughs> national anthem at WrestleMania five. <laughs> you can cut out the bit where Mr. Perfect goes, you're not going to beat me 96 times, and I'm not just going to lie there. No. You know, ah, mates, come on. Very Someone strange. watch these before you put them up. <laughs> no, because they are frequently, Mark, <laughs> unwatchable. Um, we talked about, um, I learnt what a dark match was uh, this time. Uh, Coco mm. Beware is back at WrestleMania, Yay. but no one sees him on television. Coco Beware defeated the uh, Brooklyn Brawler. He won. He won. That is, like, that is uh, that's Coco's only WrestleMania victory as far as I can <laughs> recall. Right? Yeah. That's brilliant. I think it might be his only pay-per-view victory. Oh no. Well, no one sees him. it. Nobody sees him. Well, poor Coco. Never mind. No, I like Coco. <laughs> his move was called the Ghostbuster. It's one of the most dangerous moves ever. He really? only did it a few times against people who were really bad. And he used to do <laughs> to a punish them. It's a suplex, but then you just it, it's also known as a brain buster. But a couple of times he used to you'd lift them up into a suplex and then right. you drop them on their head. So you go straight down. So it's like a sort of suplex pile driver yes um, people used to do the brain buster they'd do it safely I remember Coco doing that ghost buster really violently really badly people just literally uh, the equivalent of just dropping from the ceiling I onto did. your head <laughs> well bird <yeah>. man <laughs> just, just staring at his macaw go, did you see that macaw he goes no I didn't see nothing yeah are you gonna are you gonna start speaking macaw are you gonna stay nice and silent and keep getting your grain you're gonna stay nice and silent and keep getting your grain yeah you're right you are wasn't wasn't all televised can't get in trouble <laughs> um, what I like about this WrestleMania is that uh, obviously uh, Gorilla Monsoon and we t- we've talked about last time that uh, the Jesse the Body Ventura this is yes. the, the, the last one was his last yep. sure Jesse has left in a dispute over his Holy name being moly. used on a, uh, a Sega Genesis video game when the WWE had WrestleMania, which was on mm. the Nintendo system. Yes. Uh, and n- there wasn't in the old days where, like, you know, you, your kids today with your with your PS4s and your Xbox <laughs> 360s. And your, your cross-format compatibility. Yeah, now, you know, in the in the old days... You'd you, pick your bloody side. You'd, you'd pick your side, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, never the twain shall meet. It's, you know, you can't get your Witchers, your Witcher 3. Your Witcher 3, you can't would, get that on all that of them. Would be on, that would either be on Sega or it'd be on Nintendo. You couldn't have both. Because it was important when we were growing up that children had wants that couldn't be met <laughs> <laughs> unlike today where everyone's spoiled all the time all the time um, and uh, we've been talking about how um, the pre- presentation nearly presentation, mm. how the presentation's gone a lot smoother um, since the last since the first few anyway yeah and it has but some of the mixing is Bloody awful. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Jogger's music mugs Gorilla Monsoon right off. Gorilla Monsoon has to get some stuff out. 
Hacksaw Jim Duggan's music just starts up. Mm. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out dressed as Uncle Sam. Yep. Dreadful. I don't want to see, I don't know how this goes from here on in, but I never want to see that man with (laughs) Gorilla Monsoon doing colour commentary because I think he's bad at it. I don't like him. I don't like his gurning. I don't like it. This is absolutely, (laughs) he is, he is not Hacksaw Jim Duggan tonight. He is damage limitation Jim Duggan. (laughs) And what they're doing is they're bringing out a guy who shouts USA. Yes. So they're saying, you know, you like the WWE, please don't shoot anyone because we, no. we, we're on the side of America. Because we've got this KFC mascot yeah. shouting USA. <laughs> now, Duggan has never ever done commentary before or since. No. That is his one. Oh, is that go. right? Good. Well, yeah. I, I'm happy to continue this project of, that is WrestleMania <laughs> because I can't sit through that again, Mark. No, they he's bring dreadful. In, they bring in Bobby Heenan. And <laughs> right, Heenan yeah. is great. Yeah. He's well, really he knows good. How to- he does know how to talk. He's genuinely funny. And he doesn't gun. He doesn't do tongue... No. no. After every sentence. Doug, Duggan is as bad as it gets. And Heenan, <laughs> when he comes in, as, is just... I mean, he's top-notch. He and Gorilla Monsoon had a long uh, relationship on a thing called Primetime Wrestling. Right. Where the two of them just got on like a house on fire. Mm. They are so... They are, they are so good together. They're magic. Gorilla and Jesse, they, they work really well together. But you do get the impression that Heenan and Monsoon... They just really like each other. Yeah. And they're just a delight to listen to. Mm. His Gorilla Monsoon's catchphrase became, Will you stop? Yes. Uh, and he said that, that quite a lot. He tried that with a lot of different people, though. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> it works well with Heenan. And there's a couple of times on Primetime Wrestling where they're both in <laughs> shot and Heenan will do a joke. And Gorilla Monsoon will not just laugh, but he will look at Bobby Heenan. Like, what rare, beautiful creature are you? <laughs> and you can just see him taking it in and just going, such a thing of beauty is, is a man. You know? <laughs> it's like you and me, Mark, in many ways, I Very think. much is. I'm definitely Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> you just like him. I just like him. Wearing so- my tinted glasses. I mean, they're a beautiful shade. I mean, I looked at them and I... They would be badass now, to be honest. They I fancy are. a pair. I bought them at the Prince auction after his death. <laughs> Where'd you get those uh, glasses? Who was the woman who had the fancy glasses and she couldn't get a... Uh, who's the old lady wrestler? Moolah. Moolah, fabulous mm. Moolah. Where'd you get those glasses, fabulous <laughs> Moolah? I got them from a specialist. <laughs> I know. That's, uh, I, I, we, we did mention this at the time, but that's a very good interview where someone just comes out with a line she's not expecting. They're, Where'd you get glasses? And going, oh, jeez, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I got them from a special store. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wish I'd said that when you said, when did you get the glasses? I got them from a special store. But, uh, oh, man. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, it all kicks off with the Rockers and Barbarian Haku. Yes. Haku's uh, back again. Oh, good news. With the Barbarian, who's another yes. guy who they talk about being incredibly hard. Well, he's incredibly... He's just so tall and muscular. He's got an even yeah. fancier get-up than he had last time. And I, I really like his look. I, I really like the like antlers. Barbarian. The antlers yeah. are, are, really, are really, really good. I always thought that was a really, really good look. Mm. And they didn't quite do enough with him. Mm. They, they decided he was at a certain level. Um, the, the, this match, I think, it looked like... It was a really good start. I it thought is, it was, isn't it? It was four wrestlers who clearly worked on it. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. They, they do. were great. And there's, there's the Haku and Barbarian. We, we, we talked about the Rockers last time. The Rockers are, are just great. One of them, Shawn Michaels, goes on to become probably mm. the best wrestler of his well certainly the best wrestler of his generation yep. possibly in contention with the best you know top 10 of modern wrestlers of all time Marty Gennetti doesn't do anything I mean um, see, last, see the last episode yeah we touched exactly. on it exactly <laughs> we'll touch on it again Haku and Barbarian they were talking uh, there's an interview with Lex Luger who was a WCW champion a big star during the 90s less fondly remembered now um, but he was saying that when he was training 
his trainer said to him, remember, you know, don't worry about if people say to you, you've got to lose mm. because this isn't real. He said, if this was real, there wouldn't be very many people in the business. Mm. And if it was real, then the world champion would either be Haku or the Barbarian. Right. And this is years before, you know, we have this, this tag team put together. So what they've done, they put together these two guys who everyone respects, but they don't quite have a place. Yeah. And there's something about the fact they lose to the Rockers, who are, they go on in commentary all the time about how small the Rockers are. Right. They're going on about sort of going, they're tiny, these guys are so much bigger, they're so much stronger. I, I've always accepted that, but watching this match, they're exactly the same size <laughs> as Haku and the Barbarian. It's just one of those things that they say and isn't really true. Yeah. Um, but that was very much how they were perceived as well, which is why they were tag teams rather than single stars. Okay. They were seen as being too small for the business. Um, I, I, I'd always been very off like Haku. I found him slow and boring, and mm. I found him delightful now. And every time I see him, I just sort of think, oh, it's Haku, that's nice. <laughs> Haku, he could, he could kill us all. He could, he could take out <laughs> your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how he did the teeth. I, he says apparently it's, it's two fingers behind the tooth, yeah, and one thumb in front of the mouth. Good God, that's. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him have a crack at Sergeant Slaughter's chin, but like <laughs> he'd be there, he'd be there all day. He'd need a toffee <laughs> hammer, um, but he just apparently he just pulled. I tell the you teeth. what, if I ever win the lottery. Two Americans are going to get a phone call. One is Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter and the other is Haku. Because I have got something I need to see. <laughs> Haku, this will be your Sistine Chapel. <laughs> pulling men's teeth out. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. (laughs) 
Uh, we then get our celebrity guests uh, yes. lined up with Mean Gene Oakland talking to them. They are Regis Philbin, Marla Maples, and Alex Trebek. Yeah, I've heard of the first one and the second. Uh, sorry, first one and the last one. But yeah. then I am probably quite sexist. But I'd, I'd never heard of a middle. No, one, no, no. The reason you would have heard of Marla Maples is she was the then girlfriend of Donald Trump. Ah, so Disney. Yes, which is why. He turns up. He's uh, he's at in it, this isn't he? WrestleMania, yeah. even though it's not in his venue anymore. Maybe he's a little bit like um, a Macho Man yeah. and Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> she wants to keep an eye on her. Well, he comes out for two matches, and they're the big matches, and yeah. then he goes away in between. Mm. And they have quite a lot of points where the, where the camera will, sh- will show the fact that the front row is totally mm. empty. Yeah, and occasionally they're putting kids in. Yeah, and then there's a couple of times where you see kids being taken out so that Donald Trump can sit down with his suited mates. Nice. That's that's not a good look. <laughs> uh, and he only comes to see Macho Man versus Warrior and Hogan versus Slaughter. What? Oh, actually... The President of the United States watched Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter during the first Gulf War. <laughs> Where Think were about you? that. Where that, were that... you when Storming Norman was fucking <laughs> taking see... down... T- right, you know, writing names. I mean... That... Kicking ass. The thing about this is uh, there's been a lot of... of new News reports about how Donald Trump was at WrestleMania, and no one, not one of the ones I've read, one of the serious ones mm. in one of the papers, the broadsheets, have ever mentioned that he's at WrestleMania Seven because he's not so prominent. No, yeah, yeah it's but not. A, this the is plaza. he's there at the the most gratuitously political WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, and it just seems incredible that of all the celebrities who decided to watch that match, yeah. he's the one that you sit through the whole thing. You're watching Hulk Hogan attacking Sergeant Slaughter in this really distasteful <laughs> angle. Uh, it, it's incredible that no one's really bothered picking that up. Well, and also, I'd really... I mean, you know, the, the Gulf War started. Um, it didn't last for very long. It was only like six months in the end, wasn't mm. it? But it felt like a lifetime when I was a kid. I used to draw... When I was a kid, I used to draw Saddam Hussein quite a lot. Did I had you? A little, I had a little cartoon way of drawing Saddam Hussein because, you know, mom and dad, they read the Daily Mail, so it was mm. very jingoistic. It was very kind of xenophobic. But, yeah, I used to draw Saddam Hussein as a baddie quite a lot. I was perfected his beret and his little moustache and stuff. I used to enjoy drawing Saddam <laughs> for some reason. He became like a, 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 a sort of cartoony, adorable character. But um, I'd love to sort of figure out what operation was happening, you know, possibly a really important one mm. at the hours that WrestleMania was God. taking place. Because, it's, it's, you know, it's four hours. Yeah. It's a big old window for something legendary to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, for me, that period just, just reminds me of every comedy show that you watched. Mm. Someone would do a joke about a Scud missile. Yes, good or, missile, Or yeah. the Iraqi National Guard. Yeah. The elite fighters and yeah. things. And I, I, you know, it was a strange thing where nobody took this war very seriously, and yet it was a very serious war. Well, you know, we, we lost people. And yeah. certainly a lot of hardware as well. Yeah. And, you know, and this was, you know, the future president of the United States is paying tribute to that moment by watching two elderly American men <laughs> uh, pretend to be involved in some way. <laughs> oh, it's a strange one. Wow. Um, Alex Trebek is the host of Jeopardy. Yes. The long-running series that was never very big over here. No, they try and, and squeeze in as many references as they can, but it's just a bit... You know, oh, it is. I mean, Philbin's great, yep. Trebek less so, but, you know, they, they, they try and squeeze stuff in, but they, they just can't really do it. Yeah, and Regis Philbin makes a, a remark about Earthquake. He says, I saw him tip over a Pizza Hut delivery truck and eat everything inside. <laughs> I wasn't sure. and I, When I was watching it, I wasn't sure when the riots were, and I thought... Is that a riot? Is comment? that a riot? Was there famously a Pizza Hut delivery that got knocked over? <laughs> and there, obviously, I got the timing wrong. The riots are a year later. Yes. But then I thought, 
Is he seeing into the future? <laughs> oh, God. About just, just sitting there and going, so what do you make of this, Regis? And him just going, I can see all the palm trees just burning. I can see him. I, can see. <laughs> I see Dino Bravo shot in his in his bedroom. <laughs> oh, uh, God. <laughs> I, 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 I can see Kerry Von Eric. Everything's going really, really bad for him. <laughs> Visionary. Oh, goodness me. Um, Alex Trebek also, uh, uh, Gene says to him, he's my good, close, personal friend, Alex Trebek. And Alex says, thanks very much, Jim. Um, so, and Gene goes, no, it's Gene. And I can't <laughs> tell if it's a joke. I think they're going for that. Because, yeah, because he says he's my personal friend. But then, but men who aren't used to telling jokes, like, you know, conventional kind of gags. I, I wasn't Phil, sure I if it was... I expected better from, from I thought it was... If that was a joke, Gene really pulled it off. <laughs> because I am unsure whether it was a joke. <laughs> he nailed that. Absolutely murdered it. It did he? seem slick. Um... Uh, then comes match two, uh, mm. which is the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich versus Dino Bravo. Yes. Uh, both chaps in this one are dead. Um, Did it, so, uh, Tornado, when he wins, yeah. he does like a gun. He um, does, Celebration, yeah. and mm. he killed another gun, didn't he? He did, yes. yes. Both of those men, in fact, uh, you know, uh, death by, death by a gun, yeah. Mm. No, 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 Dino Bravo, not not committed suicide, he was murdered. Right. So, um, is he the cigarette guy? No. Yes, yes. he okay, is, right, yeah. Okay. So, so, Kerry Von Erich is a member of the most famous wrestling family, probably in the whole of wrestling, um, the Von Erichs. Mm. Uh, they start in the 40s in Texas, their father, Fritz Von Erich, not his real name. His real name was uh, Jack Adkinson. Right. But um, Jack Adkinson became Fritz von Erich, who was a, a Nazi character in the 50s in Texas. Okay. You could get away with that in America. All right, then. Yeah, because they <laughs> okay. didn't really have much of a role in that war. And uh, <laughs> von Erich, he has uh, six sons. Right. By the time Fritz von Erich died uh, of lung cancer in the mid-90s, he'd outlived five of his six sons. Jeez. Um, his first son uh, was electrocuted at the age of six in 1959. He was in a puddle and he played with an um, uh, electric plate right. uh, in the wall of socket. Um, his second son was uh, David Von Erich, who uh, was uh, online to be NWA champion. Mm. Uh, it was in 1984. He was in his mid-20s. He took an overdose in Japan. Um, and uh, he got complications. They always said he had a stomach uh, bug that killed him, right. but he'd, he'd had an overdose. Other wrestlers had to take the drugs out of his room. Um, then his next three sons, Mike, Chris, and Kerry, all committed suicide. Incredible. Um, they, uh, Mike had taken an overdose uh, because he'd, he'd basically... He'd had a, 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 a sort of a brain, a, sort of a fever, right. which had just wiped him out. Um, he could never come back to the stage he was at before. He ended up killing himself. They had a young guy called Chris, the youngest son, who killed himself because he didn't have the size to become a wrestler. Okay. And Kerry, who who was the Texas Tornado, who was the last of the brothers to kill themselves, um, he uh, shot himself. He'd had loads and loads of problems with substance abuse over mm. the years. It stemmed from the fact he'd, he'd had a um, motorcycle accident in mm. 1986 and he'd lost pretty much most of his leg. Oh, that's right. I did read about this. He lost most of his leg, but he still wrestled with a boot he did, on. And yeah. He, and he would shower in his boots. So He'd no shower in the boot. He... he didn't want anyone to know about it. He had a prosthetic sort of, or a prosthesis on his foot. There was mm. a famous match in the late 90s, where in the late 80s rather, where his, his boot was pulled off during right. the match. And the crowd noticed that he sort of just had a sock with nothing in it. Yeah. Um, and he just scurried under the, under the ring to get this boot back on. Jeez. Never came clean about it. Oh. He'd been a huge star. He was the biggest star in, in Texas, which was his home state, which mm. was the run by his father. He ended up getting a run as the NWA champion. 
he was known as being one of the the dumbest guys. People liked him, but he was just... I mean, he was sort of medically cretinous. Right. Um, not helped by the fact that he was taking a huge amount of pills all the time. Mm. Um, there's some famous stories about him doing big matches like with Jerry Lawler, where they had a, uh, a match where it was going to end by both of them getting so bloody that it had to be stopped. Mm. And so Kerry Von Erich came out to the ring wearing a, a little blade on yeah. his finger so he could cut himself later in the match. He entirely forgot he had the blade and he spent the five <laughs> minutes beforehand scratching his arm. Oh and when he came out, he was covered head to toe in blood before the match began. So they Hello, they I'm ready to, for the match now. <laughs> they had to hose him down, stick him in a, in a thing. They had to cover it as best they could and Jerry Lawler then had to just leap on him as it started and start hitting him to try and, you know, cover up the fact. He was like that a lot. Ric Flair talks about working with him and saying he was just, you know, he just wasn't in the room. Right. He was just, he could turn up and he he would just be out of his face. Yeah. And he did end up uh, leaving the WWE because of a drug infraction. Right. Um, he, while he's out on probation for one of these, he's done again for forging prescriptions. Mm. And that's the point where he decided to take his own life. Mm. It is, it is. I mean, deeply sad. They are, they, they always talk about the Von Erich family curse. Um, they, uh, to lose five out of your six sons yeah. before you die. Yeah. It's impossible to say that there wasn't something there mm. that was uh, particularly unfortunate and terrible. No, yeah. Uh, and Dino Bravo, it's exactly the same. Um, I mean, he has a, a totally different death, but um, he's shot to death in his uh, front room, believed to be over his involvement in uh, mafia sort of business in Canada yeah. regarding the importation of, of, of cigarettes that, yeah. that then weren't taxed. Um, he was his wife was out taking his daughter to a ballet lesson and when she came back he'd been, he'd been shot something like 20 times uh, they believe with silencers because none of the neighbours heard anything right but um, this was, this happened what three years four years after uh, after this Wrestlemania incredible it was his last appearance mm. yeah oh, oh. Uh, uh, do you want to we got British Bulldog British, versus British the Warlord, Warlord next so do you want a nice fact about the British Bulldog uh, yes I would someone who was such a fan of the British Bulldog that he had his hair put in braids like him uh, in 1991 was Raoul Moat <laughs> <laughs> a man who also met his end with yeah. firearms and, and was also keen on steroids I've mentioned Raoul yeah. Moat in relation to King Kong Bundy once who was named after the serial killer Ted Bundy um, but uh, weirdly, Raoul Moat would have done quite well at this WrestleMania. He had a lot of the things you could tick off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steroid, uh, anger, guns. Yeah. All, uh, all, all there, really. Not, not good yeah. at interviews. <laughs> it was excellent interviews. I mean, you know, he was very vocal. He was, he, yeah. yes. Uh, a, a, a very good book uh, that you might want to pick up is <laughs> called... Uh, this is turning out into, into a murder bookshop thing. Murder <laughs> podcasts are big. I've, I've read that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's called... Um, I believe it's because like, you could be anything you want to be. Right. Brackets, you are Raoul Moat. And it's oh. absolutely brilliant. It's, what, it's about Raoul Moat's life? It's a true crime, but it tells it as if you are Raoul Moat. Oh. It, it's not like a choose-your-own-adventure. It, it's really well-reviewed. It's critically, it's won huge awards. It's really worth reading. It's an attempt to get you in the mind of Raoul Moat. Uh, what, a, a steroided not... <laughs> bouncer from the northeast. I mean, it's not a responsible book. No, I just... but it, no, it really is worth reading. It's uh, it's a cracker. <laughs> and that, that that's the book that mentions that um, he was a huge fan of the British Bulldog. Oh. And he had his hair done like that. He actually got thrown out of a pub after getting very violent. Um, when, he, when he had Someone that Someone was that taking the cup of his hair. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, this is... Um, this is the bulldog, uh, really uh, on the crest of a wave here. Yeah, because because obviously he was with um, Dynamite Kid, wasn't he? Mm. Wake, wake up, Tommy. Mm. Um, 
Tommy, wake up. And uh, and what I like about this match because because he hasn't always. He, the last time we saw him at WrestleMania, he yeah. was with Dynamite Kid, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. he's in the British Bulldogs tag team. Mm. They go, uh, they leave the WWF and they go to Japan, where they right. were always very big. They were very big there in the in the mid eighties, mm. and they go to Japan and they're they're so popular because they're big, but they're also really athletic, really gymnastic, yeah. doing really good moves, and they they they've still got the British style as well. Mm. So they can do technical wrestling, which means you know exciting pinfalls, and they're just good wrestlers. Yeah, um, they have a bit of a falling out. Um, but one of the things that Davy Boy Smith, who is the British Bulldog, one of the things he's done is he's trademarked the name British Bulldog. Right. So when he comes back to the WWE, he says, I'd like to, you know, uh, are you interested in having me back? They say, yes, absolutely. And he says, I've also got the name British Bulldog. I'm, I've trademarked that. Mm. So they say, great, welcome back. Dynamite Kid never forgives him right. because Dynamite Kid wants to call himself the British Bulldog, you know, Dynamite Kid or mm. have a new tag team. And the lawyers get involved. Yeah. So from that point on, David Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid are a loggerheads. They never ever make it up. No. Never happens again. Uh, it's understandable, though, isn't it? I mean, you're both equally the British bulldog, and then yeah. suddenly one of them goes, yeah. "No, I am." And I think Dynamite Kid was the senior member of that. He'd got yeah. He'd got David Boy Smith over to Canada, where they originally wrestled in Stampede. Mm. He was very much the sort of the the the, the less bright younger member of that team mm. that Dynamite was very much the driving force on. Oh. So, I mean, they, they, they never patched it up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they never had a chance to. Um, uh, Davy Boy Smith died um, in the 2000s. Uh, again, much too young. Um, but what, what you can see here is he's turned up again and he's really bulked up. He's mm. got huge. Yeah. He can still really, really wrestle. Um, you might notice there's a... Um, uh, when he when he wrestles quite a lot, he gets a quite a sort of red forehead. Right. And uh, a couple of years before, 1989, he'd been in a big car accident mm. uh, with the wrestlers Chris Benoit, Ross Hart, who's one of Bret Hart's brothers, uh, and a guy called Jason the Terrible. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and they uh, the car crashed. Yeah. And he was thrown through the windscreen. He was thrown 25 feet onto the pavement. He needed 135 stitches. It's a common thing when you read wrestling stories about how many of them end up going through windscreens. Right. So many of them, you know. Uh, what, do they, they just don't... They, I guess back then nobody wore seatbelts, but I mean... It, I think it's a combination of things. They drive a long way. Mm. They drive huge distances, so, so whoever's driving gets tired. And, and they're not light. They, and they piss about. <laughs> they're, they're just kids who are like yeah. out of high school or yeah. you know and they never really grow up wrestlers mm. so they're just pissing about all the time they're drinking they're shouting and what ends up happening of course is they end up going through windscreens <laughs> just happens all the time so he's made a good a good return and mm. they begin realising Sky Sports at this point is doing really really well in ratings for, wrestle, for right. wrestling for WWF and so they think well what would be really good is if we could get David Boy Smith to be like the European Hulk Hogan yes he can then go and do the big shows over there mm. and Hogan you know and, and Warrior we can keep working over here mm. and that is pretty much what happened right there was a period where there was no bigger star in Britain than the British, the British Bulldog. Bulldog yeah everybody well, he knew was, him I, I, you know I kind of remember him slightly but like he was always like our man there really because mm. everything else was very American it was very sort of you know, he, he he was also at this time. You're looking at wrestlers like the Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan, and David Boy Smith was quick mm. and he was good and he was he was enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and he seemed like the future. What happens, of course, is he does become the future. So his match at SummerSlam '92 against Bret Hart sells out Wembley Stadium. Mm. Legitimately sells it out. Over eighty thousand people. That is probably. I mean, it's certainly within the top five. Uh, uh, Gates 
of the 90s and 2000s. There have been some bigger ones since, um, especially in Japan in places like um, the Egg Dome, uh, when they had a big sort of uh, uh, shoot fighting sort of renaissance. But what you see there is that's the first time a main event has taken place between two people who traditionally were seen as being small, Mm. Bret Hart and David Boy Smith. And that basically sets in motion the next, up to the present day, Mm. really, of... It's about ability in the ring, mm. or it should be about ability in the ring, compared to just these lumbering great guys. Mm. They are beginning to phase out. And Davy Boy Smith, they, he is so good, they can put him in that position. And Wembley Stadium was a one-match show that sold out because he was so popular. Yeah. You'd see him on the cover of everything. He was on Looking and things like that. You'd see him <laughs> on the cover of, you know, the, the, the Sun on Sunday would do mm. an interview with his dad. He was just huge, and he was... Again, not a great speaker, but he seemed like a really nice guy. Really gentle. Mm. He had a sort of nice smile. He had lovely um, ruddy cheeks. He did. Yeah, yeah all right. I'm the, yeah. I'm the British Bulldog. Yeah. And don't you... I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> don't do what I do, kids. Um, <laughs> I've got, I've got, don't, don't get cornrows. Oh, Raoul, you're not listening to me. <laughs> he brought the warlords full Nelson, Mark. He did, yeah. And that yeah. never happens. That I'm, never I'm told happened. by the Warlord. What a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> uh, the Warlord, worth remembering, is Batista's favourite wrestler of all time. That's right, yes. Mm. I remember him. Uh, and at the end, Davy Boy Smith gets Winston, the bulldog. Yes. And he lifts Winston's arm up in victory. Now, Winston's arm does, does not, not bend that, that way. way. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> It's really uncomfortable. Big fat lump. Oh. He looks like he's picked it up like you'd pick a, up a set of bagpipes. It's not right. <laughs> there is a funny thing about none of these wrestlers seem to like the animals they've given them. No, they they they, they resent being given him. And the only way they can get their revenge is, by is in a public it. place <laughs> damaging it. <laughs> um, slick, uh, slick. They, 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 there's a lot more cutaways this time around. Like mm. the the managers kind of get a little bit of camera time, and they know they've got things prepared. Basically, yeah. Like Slick's like it's, his voice. His I, I just feel sorry for the man. <laughs> the man can't talk, but he can he can hustle. Let's yeah. Say. But he's like, that's the price you pay when you're a big dummy. <laughs> That's a prank you pay when you're a big dummy. And he's got a terrible speech impediment. You can't even figure out what the hell is going on. I really noticed this because sometimes you get a word and it's the last word and it's it, you don't expect it. And the same thing happens when the Hart Foundation do an interview and they're talking about the nasty boys and it cuts to Bret yeah. Hart who is suddenly looking like a future star. Yeah. And he's standing there and he says, we don't think you're nasty, we think you're scum. <laughs> and he really hits it and it's a bit it hit me in the same way that if he'd have gone we don't think you're nasty we think you're two fat pedophiles <laughs> it comes out it's so hard yeah it's a real shocker it's like oh. when uh, oh, who's the oh, Richard and Judy it's like when Richard gets serious about his daughter getting robbed <laughs> it's like oh this is dis- this is so or like, weird or in Noel Edmonds is Noel's HQ yes where, where he, he starts, suddenly does a rant about the EU or something yeah it was about a local council man <laughs> let me tell you this <laughs> you guys, it's got the same thing we just think you're scum uh, it's much too hard. A ton of bricks. Uh, uh, they cut to a, to a cutaway then of a young man who Gorilla doesn't recognise at all, mm. who is uh, one of the biggest film stars of the, of the period, which is Macaulay Culkin. Right, is in the audience. Um, this is 1991. Mm. Same year he starred in Michael Jackson's Black or White music video. Yes, he gets on top of the car and goes, no. Yeah, he. Uh, it's worth saying. It's worth saying. He he always denied anything happened with him and Michael Jackson. I say that like I like Michael Jackson. I don't. I think no. Michael Jackson is deeply deeply wrong. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he was interviewed on the Mark Maron podcast quite recently, mm. and he sound like. 
He sounds like you're having a lovely time, to be honest. He lives in France. Yeah, no, good for him. a nice time. Good for him to sort of, you know... Mate, he retired at like 22 I know, but, but I mean, why people sort of have that thing of, of you know, oh, he's, he's, he's a dickhead. He gave, he, gave, uh, he gave us Home Alone. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to give keep us alone, giving give us, us more. Yeah. My Girl, My Girl 2. Uh, was he that. Richie Rich and something? Was yeah, yeah. could have been. He's he's given, look, he's given us enough. <laughs> I don't understand why everyone's like delighted about the idea that, you know, Michael Jackson may have inappropriately touched him. I find it really odd. <laughs> Maybe people don't. Maybe that's just what I, I think. But he's always sort of said, yes, I did sleep in his bedroom countless times but he was never inappropriate. He mm. said, we also, like, his bedroom is over different levels. You it's not like It's of, not like your bedroom, you know which what? is small. <laughs> so like, you know, and the child that is in my bed, <laughs> I definitely did something bad with. No, but, um, no, I, I think it's worth remembering that you forget that uh, Michael Jackson was also a child star. Yeah. And the reason why I think uh, he... You know, initially, no matter what else you think uh, went on there, he initially kind of approached his kids and sort of go, like, as a kind of coach. Because, like, he yeah. went through all that weird crap. Yeah. He, you know, went through so much stuff with his parents. Um, Richie Rich slash uh, Macaulay Culkin mm. um, uh, divorced his, uh, his mother and father and stuff like that. Never spoke to his father properly anyway. All very strange. Very I, strange. I feel, I would feel more comfortable with a cutoff in Michael Jackson's music. And that's basically. <laughs> I, I, I After like, Liberian Girl. No, I like black mm. or white, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that the mm. cut-off point. But I think okay. anything after that is absolutely culturally unacceptable. <laughs> anything before that is done by, as far as we know, someone who is not interfering with children. <laughs> <laughs> Can't libel the dead, and that's fine, no matter no. how rich they are. I, I said he wasn't. He, uh, he, he daughter. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't sleep with him. He daughter. Fucking he, hot. He been daughter. Um, nasty Boys were childhood friends. Um, I, I mean, I, I can I see them they were along. invited to Michael Jackson's house. <laughs> no, because they were nasty boys. They were nasty boys. As soon as I saw them, I thought, who are these fucking dickheads? <laughs> I didn't care for them. I still don't care for them. You're going to say, oh, they're really talented wrestlers, Pete. I think you should respect them. No, I don't like their shit. I don't like their look. I hate them. They're some of the first wrestlers to wear all black during this very Technicolor period. Oh, um, okay. So in the in the late nineties, <laughs> everyone was wearing that. They didn't do it on purpose, you know. Just that's just it was cheap. They're, they're, they were famous ribbers as well, you know. Really horrible Jokers. sort of. Yeah, they'll shave yeah. your head. They'll right. you know shit on the floor. Well, um, shit on the floor is not a great joke. No, but it's something they used to do. Well, you can combine um, a bodily function. Yeah, you, everyone needs a shit, <laughs> and Where's everyone one? likes a laugh. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they are uh, it's just a strange trivia thing which I didn't know until I sort of went deep on this but they're both uh, related to other wrestlers uh, through marriage mm. so Brian Nobbs who is the blonde one is are, the, are they his actual name Nobbs and Sags Nobbs and Sags well actually their real names are I, I think they're Polish Russian right so one of them is uh, it's Jerry Saganovich right and I think Nobbs is called Brian Yan I don't think he's Nobbs right but yeah, they're, Nobokov. They're name. yeah. <laughs> the um, famous writer Nobokov. Uh, but, yeah. um, but Brian Nobbs has been married to um, Tony, who is the sister of Greg Valentine's wife. So ah. they are a brother-in-law. Nice. Nice. And Sags is the brother-in-law of Dusty Rhodes. Um, oh. He's also one of the uncles of Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Uh, the okay. other uncle who married, however they married, but the other mm. brother-in-law in that family is a guy called Fred Ottman who wrestled as Tugboat and later Typhoon. Oh, I know those ones. I've yes. seen him before. In fact, there's a really good fact about Tugboat. Right. Tugboat looked like a big fat sailor. Yeah. He had a little sailor's hat. And he was Hulk Hogan's best friend 
after SummerSlam, SummerSlam 90. Mm. They were really pushing him. And he was the original person that they were going to give Sergeant Slaughter's gimmick to, to be the Iraqi sympathiser. He was going to be called Shake Tugboat. (laughs) Oh, as in like as a shake, right, okay. Shake Tugboat. Tugboat. Oh, I mean, you know, it's not going in with two feet, is it? Really? Imagine, imagine at the height of the war, you're called Shake Tugboat, <laughs> and you're and you're marching. That might around. have been better. Mm. I'm trying to think about it though. Like it might have been, be- it might have been slightly more palatable because at least there was a bit of playfulness there. That's true. <laughs> it, it wasn't. <laughs> I know Tugboat. So he later, uh, he's a classic blooper in wrestling, where he goes to WCW and they call him the Shockmaster. And he wears a sort of a glittery uh, uh, stormtrooper's helmet uh, and a cape. <laughs> and he's introduced by Sid Vicious and Sting. They say, we've got a Shockmaster. Mm. Uh, he's introduced by Sting. They're, they're, I think they're facing Sid Vicious. We've got Shockmaster. And basically, he has to burst through a wall. But what had happened is they tried it earlier and he'd sort of made a bit of a dent. So someone had nailed a board oh, across no. the lower bit. So what happens is when they say Shockmaster... He bursts through the wall, falls flat on his face, and the mask just rolls off when you see him. It's yes, one of the classics. I have seen that, and it reminds me of... Uh, you You were obsessed for quite a while uh, with a clip of an old-timey uh-huh. kind of guy. Oh, yeah, Charlie Drake. Up. Charlie Drake. We might even have mentioned it on this podcast because it's actually quite transferable. <laughs> a man is. who has to get pulled through a wall, but by yeah. doing that, he gets knocked out, and they have to continue the scene somehow because... You yeah. have to continue the scene. They hate Charlie Drake, and so they had him. They had to pull him through a bookshelf. But the carpenters took away the bits that were breakable and just left real wood in there. So he's pulled through on live TV during this sitcom, and he just loses consciousness. And what they have to do, he has to get out of the window for the next scene. So the man picks him up, his lifeless body, and another man just steps in who isn't in the sitcom, just steps in like the commissar, and they pick him up and they drop him out of this this fake window on the set. At which point Charlie breaks his collarbone. <laughs> it's one of the I'll, I'll, I'll put up a link to it uh, it's on, wonderful. On, our, on our at WrestleMe on Twitter because it really is worth seeing it is inadvertently one of the funniest sitcoms you'll ever see in your life <laughs> um, I, the thing I noticed with um, the, the hateful Nasty Boys mm. and uh, the Heart Foundation um, in this Wrestlemania everyone kind of has their characters worked out there's a lot more characters yeah. there's very few sort of generic wrestlers this time around everyone's got something going on you know what I mean yeah and the ones who were generic like Udino Bravos yes. they phase them out yes okay. so they're beginning right. now to sort of these are people Become as well cartoons yeah more, the other I thing think. is this is this is seven years in now these people have broken into the business maybe some of them you know ten years ago yeah. but what they're doing is they're seeing the way the industry is going mm. and the people who are good on the mic and good in the ring are yeah. getting further than the people who are just one of those things yes other people are being phased out you've got to be more well-rounded yep. and so you, what you're getting here is a lot of good characters who to some degree can go in the ring mm. the nasty boys are quite good in the ring they are uh, you know what they, this i was expecting a, a piece of shit match but yeah uh, whether it was the camera work this time or what mm. but the action looked actually very quick and these guys worked yeah they really, worked really well but they were famously stiff but they also are a foreshadowing of that hardcore era that you get with ecw yes where they were wild brawlers they go back after this to wcw and they begin having sort of you know uh sort of hardcore matches right which, which have got all different names at that point is that like no garbage and stuff it. is that like yeah so, so they're using shit. they're using uh, bins and sort of mm. you know hockey sticks and right just stuff under the ring yeah so uh, at the time we really hadn't seen anything like that before mm. and so they were quite pioneering in that way um, they yeah, nasty boys. Uh, they they were they They'll were very anything. nasty. Nasty na- boys. Na- nasty pioneers. What a couple of nasty boys. They were very nasty. <laughs> uh. um, well, we sort of reached the end of the show once again. Uh, we 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 
as we go forward, mm. we seem to be getting fewer matches under our belt I for know, the first show. It's a killer, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the way the way I look at it is, if we'd have done it like you know, just two episodes per WrestleMania, it's over in seventy. <laughs> exactly. The way we're going, we could still be going in about twenty forty. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no one cry. <laughs> no one cry. No one is no, going to. cry. No one cry or say it's too long. <laughs> I'll admit that clear. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's show at WrestleMePod.com. We're going to be giving away a wrestling loot crate next week. Yes, fantastic. Very exciting. We've That's got, great. Uh, uh, they are uh, brilliant. I really like the loot crates. Yes. We, I, we, we, we got, I have we... subscribed to about four different ones. <laughs> Too I, many. I find them delightful. I really do. <laughs> well, uh, the, the one in question is uh, WrestleCrate UK. Uh, yes. I think we found on Twitter, but we, we got sent uh, a wonderful... I sort of piled through it. Because I, I, I don't know wrestling that well, I saw the Honky Tonk Man's picture signed picture and I was like okay that's cool Um, everything else I don't know what any of this is but the wrestling magazine was quite fascinating because there's some really cool pictures yeah I I really enjoyed that that was actually Mm. the thing I enjoyed the most Mm. about it but they've got great stuff in there and and you will know WrestleCrate they are the, the UK's Sort of favourite. Okay, uh, they've they've just released their uh, their first line of vinyl figures. Uh, ah. That's a great thing for a British company to be doing. Uh, it's all current British stars. Okay. Really worth getting behind because they are supporting, of course, the grassroots movement of British wrestling, which is something. If you like this podcast, mm. I would very much urge you to check out. Mm. Uh, check out Progress and check out Rev Pro and check out Riptide in Brighton. They're right. a nice little company. I've, uh, I've IPW. Support your local wrestling promotion. Wrestling men. I've noticed that a lot of people, um, since I started doing this podcast, uh, people I kind of know, uh, have started inviting me to wrestling events. Yeah. I'm going to something called Ring of Honor. Oh, you'll love that. Yeah. That's really good. That's Cody Rhodes. Crystal Palace. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be at WXW in progress over the next couple of weeks. Is this, are, we, are we advertising personal appearances? Well, what I was thinking is I might just get a load of things that say Wrestle Me Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like get a big darts. sign. Yes. I'll get darts. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just throw them into the crowd. <laughs> People, people will be talking about it. Yeah. Wrestle me, man, jailed. I'm going to staple wrestle me to a snake and let it out. Just let it go. I'm going to dress as Hulk Hogan, and then when the cameras come over, I'm going to rip open my shirt, and over my huge pendulous belly will be written, wrestle me. Uh, and everyone will cry and scream, and, and the podcast will just be cancelled. It, it will be cancelled by the Prime Minister. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Peter! Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.